Okay, guys, listen up. Seltzer is all the rage these days, and now there's even hard seltzer. Speaking of which, have you tried Bud Light Seltzer? so good. It's seltzer with a hint of fruit flavor. And get this, it's only 100 calories, two grams of carbs, and less than one gram of sugar. Plus, it's gluten-free. It's perfect for when my friends are bugging me to have a drink with them, and I don't want hard alcohol. I can just have my Bud Light seltzer. Thank you very much. I'm obsessed with the black cherry, but it also comes in strawberry, lemon lime, and mango. I mean, make that sound better. I bet you want to try them all right now, right? This is making me extremely thirsty. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash exercise. Yeah. What's up? I'm pretty good, too. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking of something. Well, no, I wasn't going to You want to do the opener? Well, no. I mean, I'm going to let you. It's like, I'm. go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm relinquishing a little. No, I hesitate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ease I off. hesitate talking about it because I'm not sure if I have, have, have a little bit of jealousy, you know, and I. Oh, <laughs> no, oh, I, oh now I want to know. Well, no, it's just I have a friend who yeah. is now dating somebody new. Oh. And now she is just so immersed in this new person oh. that it's like. Well, whatever. And so maybe it's, you know, it's like, whatever, you know, whatever. But, no. but, but you know what? That ha- it happens all the time. And then I was reading the Huff Post, and there was this article about how women, and I guess I don't know if guys do it because I can't speak for guys, but I know women will just, yeah you forget about everything. Like, you, 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 you get into that, like, it's your libido. Let's face it. It's your, I don't it's, think that it is. You don't? Oh, I think no. it's totally sexually driven. I don't. Not at when all. When you meet somebody new and you just can't get enough of them and like nothing else matters, you're not telling me that's your libido I on... I don't think it is. Okay, what is it? I noticed that that was a thing for me when I was young. But as I got older and more mature, that wasn't... I didn't do that anymore. And none of my friends do it anymore either. I think that it's like a lack of identity. And I think it's a particularly a female thing. Um... Gay or straight or otherwise, I, I think that it's we as women. Um, I I think we've been socialized to uh, essentially take on the identity of our partner because mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean? it's like I we know it for totally years and years and years and years we were the homemakers. It's only in the last hundred years that that we've been working and you know there's more women in the workforce than men. But think about it, it's like okay, my husband goes out. And he earns the money and I stay home and I facilitate his life and my kid's life. And that's what I am. I'm the facilitator. I I just think that it's like, and we're also bred to like, marry, uh, couple up. That's what we do. We couple up. We couple up and we have kids. And I think it's sort of like when you meet that person, you're just like, you lose yourself in it. You lose your identity. But as I got older, I didn't do that anymore. I stopped doing that. I think when I turned 
30. So what changed then? What 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 changed your, your I had a level? sense of self, yeah. I got a real identity. I was my own person. You know, at 30, I was running a successful business, my sports medicine facility. Uh, I, I don't, I may have just gotten loser, but I was in a relationship before where I wasn't doing that because I was doing really well. I'd done, I'd been in therapy for years and years and years. My business was going well. I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted. And that other person wasn't my world. Instead of me satelliting around them, I managed to live a life parallel with them, a separate life, but together, if that makes any sense. Nope, it, it does. Um, I think it's just, I really do think that it's a, a we're socialized to do it. Um, and I think the more independent we are and more confident we are with regard to our identity professionally and personally, the less likely we are to do that. Like, I would never blow off. You know, my friends are family. I'm a big believer. Like, I don't believe in, you know, my upbringing was such that, like, blood doesn't mean anything to me. You know, the blood is thicker than water. Mm -hmm. I don't, that means nothing to me. As my sister's mother-in-law says, your panties are much closer than your skirt. And I went, excuse me, Oma? I don't get it. Well, she just means... She's saying like that blood, like family is oh. like and all. Oh that's no, like family is I like, get it. Yeah, and, and I, uh, that's a gross analogy, but thank you. I know. It's just, I, I like the I was blood's out in the garden, than water, and she but... said that to me. I kind of went, "Oh, thanks, thanks so much for that." How creepy! Yeah, <laughs> thanks for sharing that. I thought blood is thicker than water. Cut it just fine before you grossed <laughs> me out with that. But that's okay. That's okay. It's, no, no, it's fine. Such a jerk. No, no, I'm just saying. It's okay, okay. Disgusting okay. analogy, but that's. Yeah. Well, I didn't come up with it, but anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't interrupt me. I'm commenting My on your, your mother comment. But I just, you know, for me personally, it wasn't something that was important to me. For me, because I grew up for you know 16 years as an only child. And I wasn't even I wasn't even home when my little sister was born because I wasn't talking to my dad, you know. And I, I I don't have a strong sense of family. I don't have aunts and uncles and cousins that I'm close to. It's just my mom. So for me, family has always been where my heart is, and my heart is with my friends. Or you know, I'm adopting a little girl. She's not coming from my genetics, and she's every bit as much my daughter. Um, and and so with with that said. I just think it has to do with the person. And there, we've had, have we not had women on the show that have that have done this? That have sort of like, oh, you know, when I get in a relationship, I stop taking care of myself. Exactly. I stop going to the gym. I think it's I insecure. I stop seeing my friends. I stop, yeah. you know. But I, but I hate to go back to sex. Oh, but, okay, go ahead. However, like my shrink told me, she said, Janice, once you, once you have sex with somebody, yeah. the game has changed. Really? Like if you can, yeah. It's okay, true. I'm if thinking. you can, if you can like date them, get to know them, blah blah blah, and then you you know do do the nasty, right? But it, but but until then, uh-huh. it, it not that it ruins it, not that sex ruins it. It doesn't ruin it. But if you have it too soon, like I was driven, I used to think love was sex. Like I would go, oh, you like me? Okay, right. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You know, let's get it on. That's what I. That's what I thought love was. I think a lot of women do that though, especially young girls. And you put it out right away. But that's you know how many segments I've done. Um, well, I had done on the doctors where it's like teenage girls were sleeping around because they interpreted it as love as love yeah yeah that's, that's another big common female thing which is tied to lack of self-esteem 
I'm bringing it back to my point, of course. See, I want to talk about sex, and you want to talk about so. No, I'm okay, kidding. no, no, I'm, no, no. Let's no, talk no, about I'm, sex. No, I'm not. It's just, it's just. I'm ready to talk about sex. Sure, go ahead. Well, I'm really getting liberated in this area. Oh, I'm shocked. So I can't you, believe so my actually, tip is boost your self esteem. Your tip is celibacy. I think your tip sucks. Not celibacy. I just think your tip my, sucks. Well, my shrink to help me in uh, my situation was mm-hmm. to hold off. Uh-huh. Don't feel you need to do that and show my moves, you know? Well, yeah, but I think <laughs> what she's saying is you have value beyond that, which goes back to self-esteem so that you can see that you don't need to, like, give it up to make someone like you or to be validated that they, that they like you. They like you for your sense of humor, your personality, your smarts. Yeah, cause, because it does, and it's right, because it doesn't always work. Sometimes the sex is, you know, you, you do your, your closer and they're like, what are you doing? Well, it's my closer. What is my closer always works. <laughs> I'm just, I've never had that problem. I had a closer once that didn't work. Oh. And it was devastating. I don't think it's you. I think it's them. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't so good. Maybe without all this time, I thought the close. Can you imagine? I am, how old am I? Yeah, but, 86? No, but everybody's body is different. That's so not fair. Now we're talking about sex like you wanted and we were supposed to be talking about not losing yourself in relationships. But that's not fair, though. Everybody's body's different. What works on one person doesn't work on another. And that's where communication gets involved. It's the other person's responsibility to communicate and show you, I like this. I Now I'm a sex expert. Look at me go. I know everything today. I'm a therapist, I'm, a sex expert. I noticed that. Because it, but, it, but it's true. When you have someone new, it's like, you know, cave, cave woman. You, know, you don't know. Uh, yeah. No, it's, they're totally different. You got to learn that person. What's that book that's going around now, right? Fifty Shades, 50 of, Shades Grey. of Grey. It's like porno. Oh, my God. Did you see the SNL sketch on that? I just no. about lost my gourd. It's they got they, my anyway. gourd. Well, it's just they they had they had women reading it, and because it's it's like they're saying it's like porn. It it's is like, porn. Yeah, yeah. I haven't you know, read. It. I bought it, but I haven't read it. I, I love want, that you bought. I did. It. I, went, I went. What's this oh all about? I bought my sister one too. Oh my god! I it starts out. One of my like a group of my friends have started a book club on this, right? And they're like asking me. I'm like, first of all, I do not have time to be in a book club right now. But second of all, like, I guess the girl, the main character has like multiple orgasms. The first time she has sex was some guy who's older. And I was like, that's the biggest crock I have ever heard. It would never happen. I'm sorry. The first time. Are you kidding me? No way. Crock of crap. What a ripoff. What a slew of garbage. What a, it's, and, a, so, it's a fiction book. That's exactly it's what not, it is. It's fiction. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I don't care what your closer is. I, you don't like the first time out of the gate, you're not having multiple orgasms. Anyway, I've got a lot. I'm an expert. Yeah, I'm an expert on everything today. I'm not even deferring. We don't even have an expert on, and I'm just sl- slinging advice. But you're right. No, you're right. And all now we know you're a slut. I wasn't slutty as in pulling down my pants everywhere. I hope not. I was probably not as... Because if you pulled down your pants everywhere, you wouldn't have any family. <laughs> hey, what was the deal with that thing? I was watching The Daily Dose with Jillian Michaels uh-huh. and this segment where I had the Spanx on and they put a big blue dot in front of my crotch. <laughs> there was nothing wrong down there. What's wrong with those people? <laughs> We're trying for a G rating, dude. Oh. They're like E for everyone or something. You know oh. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll write that. Anyway, down. are we ready to move on or do yeah. you have more to say? <laughs> no. I don't really feel like 
No, I think I, I, I just all I'm saying is I, mm. I have I, I've just witnessed a friend of mine. Yeah. Go over there. And I went, wow, I haven't That's seen that. self-esteem thing. I haven't seen that for a while. And Telling I haven't you. done it for a while. Lack of so. identity, lack of self-worth. And by the way, let me tell you, ladies out there who do this, you're going to resent it down the road. You end up resenting them and it yeah. doesn't work out. Look at me. <laughs> Single. <laughs> No, but that's because you have intimacy issues. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a whole other segment. Oh, my God. You want to do that one now? No, no, I don't. I'll do that one. (laughs) No. I'm going to roll. Yeah, I know you are. You're an expert. No, you have have intimacy issues. Let me take a little, let's take a little break. Abandonment stuff. All kinds of problems going on with you. I'm having a little sip of water. I'm feeling a little sick all of a sudden. I bet you are. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. So for our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. I think that's awesome. So uh, they, they want me to suggest an audiobook to you as though my literary tastes would suit yours. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I personally really liked The Hunger Games on Book. So check it out. Not that you didn't know that. That's kind of everywhere, but I thought it was cool. Uh, so to get your free audiobook, all you have to do is go to audiblepodcast.com slash exercise. That's a backslash, isn't it? Audiblepodcast.com backslash exercise. I'm feeling very uncomfortable that 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 you, you think I'm a slut. I'm feeling very uncomfortable about. <laughs> I don't this. think I know. No, I. It's just I. I. I, I think we've left this possible impression. Oh, I'm sure we have. No, but I'm a good girl. I'm a good girl. I just, you know, I'm a good girl. Yeah. That also is like a strange kind of sexual connotation. <laughs> Perv ball. No, do you I dress just, up in your school girl uniform and say no, that? No, I don't play. I'm a good I don't girl. play. I'm the peasant woman trying to get across the border. No, All right. just checking. You know, or whatever. I don't know how you know whatever. about that game then if you don't play it. But <laughs> I've heard, of, I read about it in a book. I'm sure of Fifty Shades of Pervert. Uh, <laughs> all right, Janice, no problem. You want to do like a nutrition segment then? Yeah, please, God, please, geez. something other than. That fine. All okay. right. Well, I will then. Okay. Um, I thought you know I read this article. I can't even remember what magazine it was in the other day, and the headline of it was "Can't we meet in the middle?" M e a t meet right like a pun, like a play on words, and it's about finding that balance between being vegan and being you know just like uh, eating tons and tons of meat and. And I have always talked personally about, oh, yeah, I eat ethical meat in moderation. And no, first of all, most people don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It just sounds very sort of elitist and highbrow, which it's not. I'd like to explain. Um, but in addition, you know, it doesn't please the vegans. They still think you're a heathen. And then the other people who aren't vegan don't have any idea what the hell you're talking about. So I think that, you know, we as a culture, we tend to go black or white on everything. You know, it's all this or it's all that and there's no middle ground and i think you'll find with the most controversial issues in the world 
there's always, it's always, the answer is the gray. The answer is in the middle. It's a balance. And when it comes to eating meat, you know, and you've got you've got the forks over knives and you've got, you know, Food Inc. And you've got I Am Animal and you've got there was that book Skinny Bitches and Skinny Bitch. Uh, you know, uh, there's a huge backlash about eating meat and understandably so. You know, when you start to learn about factory farms and how inhumanely they're treating animals uh, and how unhealthy the animals are coming out of these factory farms because they're treated with hormones and antibiotics and they're eating foods laden with pesticides. People just go, you know what? I want no part of this. And I completely get it. I, I did that, too. I was like, you know what? I want no part of this. And I am an animal lover. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to eat meat. And I went through that for a while. I don't remember how long. Maybe, I want to say a year. Um, and I just physically was not healthy. And I work with a lot of doctors, from endocrinologists to OBGYNs to dermatologists. And every single one of them has said, look, at the end of the day, we're omnivores. There are certain things you're not going to get from a plant-based diet. You need that source of iron, especially we as women need that uh, vitamin B, this, that, and the other. So I thought, you know what? When a cow eats grass, they have the ability to convert that grass into protein. They have, they're called ruminants. They have a rumen, an organ that we as human beings don't have. That's why we need animal protein. We don't have that organ. So we cannot do that with grass in the way that you know horses, cows... I'm not sure if elephants are ruminants or not. I'm not totally sure. But, you know, bison, you get the idea. I'm suggesting a middle ground here. And what I mean by that is, number one, we don't need to eat nearly as much meat as we do. So first of all, you will save a fortune if you're eating more like bean, grain, vegetable-based, plant-based foods. But when you do eat meat... You want to make the healthier choice with your meat. So, for example, if you're going to be eating meat, red meat, okay? I eat red meat mm, like once every two weeks just so I get what I need from it, right? Nutritionally speaking. And when I do, I get organic meat because it has no hormones, no antibiotics. It's pesticide and herbicide-free with regard to what that animal is eating. It gets a vegetarian, pesticide, herbicide-free diet. And as you know, mad cow was recently just found in the United States again. It's because they're feeding cows to cows. That's how these cows get mad cow. So you're dealing with, when you've got animals that are on a factory farm, first of all, it's disgusting and inhumane. Second of all, it's incredibly unhealthy for us because we, we want more ethically raised animals. We want to eat better, but then there's a disconnect when we see the price. But here's my argument. You're going to get really sick from eating conventionally raised meat from all the crap that's in it, whether you get food poisoning or heart disease or cancer or whatever it might be. That costs money. And in addition, you don't need to eat as much meat. So if you eat less crap meat and more good meat, you'll actually end up saving money because you're eating less meat overall, which is expensive. Now, when you see a label that says grass-fed, what this means is that that cow has eaten grass, and when a cow eats grass, its body composition is different than a cow that's eaten corn and grain. So cows that eat corns and grain have more omega-6 fat, and we want more omega-3 in the diet. We have a real imbalance of omega-6 to omega-3, and that's because everything in our culture is made up of corn now, corn and soy. 
So everything's very high in omega-6, which can cause inflammation when omega-3 and omega-6 is imbalanced. But grass-fed cow is actually a better source of omega-3s than salmon, the notion-caught salmon. Um, The only way that you will know that that cow is officially grass-fed is if it has the American grass-fed label. Okay, that's really important. And while there's no specific pasture raised certification, if you've got organic meat, it has to come from a pasture. Pasture raised animal has to be. So if you go organic, you're safe. And then although you might find beef or milk for that matter that says, you know, it's RBGH free or RBST free. It means that that cow was not treated with a genetically engineered growth hormone, but it doesn't mean that they weren't given tons of antibiotics and other kinds of hormones and fed, you know, other cows and right. all and comes from a factory. So my suggestion is I want you to eat less of the meat. And when you do eat it, spend more money on the more ethically grown, produced, raised meat. And when it comes to seafood, Go on uh, the Monterey Bay Aquarium and they'll have a site about seafood safety. And you can learn about what seafood is safe, you know, what seafood is better to eat farmed. Because believe it or not, some seafood is better farmed. Not salmon, but shrimp or tilapia, for example. Uh, And you'll learn what's higher in mercury. So like what's polluted and what's toxic for the body. And then what is, you know, safer for the environment. And if you go with something like ocean caught salmon, that's great. Or farm, farm raised shellfish. That's okay, too. And that's what I mean when I talk about ethical. I mean better for your body, better for the planet, better all the way around, better to the animal. Because, again, you know, I love to think about um, the way that the Native Americans used to live. You know, they didn't – they hunted, but they, they were – they didn't waste anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like they killed only what they needed. They didn't take more than they needed, and they used every part of the animal from the hide to the hoof to the meat to the this to the that. And – And then they said a prayer over the animal and they were grateful for the life that the animal gave them. Like there's a real and for the first time in my life, I'm saying grace. And like I said, I'm, you know, I wasn't raised with religion. So I say thankful is being grateful. I I am. I'm thank I thank the animal for the sacrifice. I'm just like, I'm grateful for your sacrifice. I'm grateful for this food. And, you know, I accept this energy and and I show my appreciation to just the universe. And I think that there's a real, when you have a real spiritual attitude towards your food, and again, you can find your spirituality from anything, from whatever, you know, living a happy life or from God or whatever it might be. I think that there's a middle ground. And especially if you're pregnant, don't, you don't have any business. You cannot screw around with a vegetarian diet. You can't do it. It is dangerous, dangerous game because when your blood volume goes up as you're pregnant, you run a much higher risk of becoming anemic. So if you don't have your iron and your vitamin B stores up, you you get into trouble with neural tubal defects and spina bifida. There's a reason they put women on prenatal vitamins. But the best source of those things are meat. So all I'm saying is a little balance. When I say, you know, meat in moderation, ethical, that's what I'm talking about. Huh? Mm-hmm. And that means like you don't need pet. I'm sorry. I'm going to get off the high horse in a second. But like veal, really? I mean, pate, like if it's particularly cruel. I don't like those little barns. Holy little crap. I mean, you know, when you when it's like when it's particularly ones. cruel. Personally, I just I don't do it. I, I don't do it. You know, anyway, that's enough. Okay. I'm not judging anyone who does. I'm just saying like. 
maybe don't. <laughs> Holy I'm crap. I'm really not judging you. Maybe don't. don't. Just think about it. Like, I don't know. I just think we don't need it. Like, if you don't need it, yeah. if you don't need for a creature to suffer like that, if you physically don't need it, maybe don't. Yeah. All right. That's it. Cool. Very good. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> Hey, so we're going to cover it because we're going to cover it. The breastfeeding the child. She's got something to say about it, okay? I do. So do you. I know. I do, I do we too. Thoughts. Yes, we do. Now, yeah. you may have been under, under a cave if you haven't seen this. So this is the Time Magazine, Are You Mum Enough? And um, uh, it is being batted around. Uh, should a mum be nursing her child after he's too big, to be, too big to be held in her arms? For mothers who practice, it's called attachment parenting. Right. You've heard this term. For some, for some of it's new, attached okay. to parenting. Um, anyway, Los Angeles mom who's still nursing her three-year-old son. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't ever want to judge other moms for how they parent. I've learned yeah. a bit. I just don't. Um, with that said, I don't, I'm not a parenting expert, nor am I a psychology expert, so I don't know the ramifications of how this could affect the child one way or another. Um, what I will say is that I love my family. My stepmother did this with my half sister nurse, nursed her until she was like three plus. And it was, uh, it was not about my sister. It was about my stepmother. How so? My stepmother said to me, you know, this is the last baby I'm going to have. She was the second child. There was my little brother and then my little sister. Uh, and she was like, this is the last baby I'm going to have. And I, you know, I want to make it last. I want to really, you know, I don't want to let this go. Really? I don't want this to end. Yes. Now, I also, and again, I think my stepmother's a great woman. She is a good woman. She's evolved a tremendous amount, as have I. Um, but she was very enmeshed with my little sister and uh, and I think they're making tremendous progress now that my sister's 19 and has gone off to college. It was really hard for my stepmother to, to let her go, but she found that in herself and let her move away to college and didn't follow her. But it was they were very, very enmeshed, like living very vicariously through my sister and her grades and the school she was. And I know that my little sister was like, oh, my God, you know, and felt responsible for her mom in a lot of ways. Um to me, I don't think you need to physically nurse a three-year-old for them to be attached to you. I mean, my mom didn't breastfeed me at three years old, and all right, we're okay, incredibly so- close. I, I don't think that you need to do this to be attached to your child. I, from my own experience and having witnessed it personally, I think this is more about what the mother needs than what the child needs. But again, like to each his own. So this you don't know what genius. you're going to do. You don't, you don't know I can if, tell if you, you in that situation. in the future, you know, with my own kids or if I was in this situation or, you know, I I wouldn't practice breastfeeding a, a child beyond what I could physically carry. 
Okay, when is it my turn to talk? Now. Okay. Uh, this is what I have to say about this. This is an incredibly provocative cover. I think it's really thrown people, A, because you've got the child. I don't think this is how she breastfeeds this child every day. Okay, honey, get on your stool yeah. with your pants on. <laughs> and mommy just came from yoga class. Floppa, floppa, sucka, sucka. I do not think. I think what this is, the photographer, and I blame him for making this look. Honestly, I'm sure when she does like, this, it, it, it's incestuous. a very... Yeah, it's a very it tender thing. He probably lies down with mom. sexualized. Yeah, and, and there, it's just, yeah, she's got her hand on the hip like, mm, it just, it, I, I totally blame the photographer for, for creating this chaos on something that could be a really tender moment with mother and child. I just, it pisses me off. So you'd be okay with it if, it, if you'd be okay with someone breastfeeding a three-year-old? I think if that's, if that is in your, either your culture, because a lot of cultures do that, and I think if that is... I, I, I see nothing wrong with it, but I do not see it. I do not say it like, like this. I think it's done in the privacy of your home, not like, yeah. hey, we're at Chuck E. Cheese. Hey, Chuck E., hang on. <laughs> flop up. You know, it just, it, it's just flop up. That's, that's, provo- that's to sell magazines. You know, that's, that's true. I didn't even, I didn't even think to call Well, that's why I'm that. here to get pissed off. Thank you. Debbie from Calgary, Alberta, is waiting to talk to you. Hey, Debbie, what's going on? Hi, Jillian. Hi, Janice. How are you? Good, good. thank you. Um, I just I wanted to ask you, I've been diagnosed with osteoarthritis in my neck mm. from C3 to C8 in my lower spine and my left hip. Okay. And I'm only 47, so I don't want to quit exercising. I want to keep going because, of course, if I slow it down, I'm going to seize up. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I don't want to do the heavy drugs just yet until, because I'm going to have this the rest of my life. No. So I was just wanted to ask you, do I get the same calorie burn um, if if I include my arms instead of jumping in the, like for plyo? No. So it's, <laughs> that's what I, I <laughs> And thanks for your call. Goodbye. No. <laughs> uh, no. Okay, buddy. I, I get what you're going through here. Um, the first thing I want to say, and again, I'm not a doctor, but I obviously have experience in in various areas of wellness and have worked with various wellness experts. And I've also known people who have managed uh, this condition. And I've seen them really reap the benefits of diet changes, removing inflammatory foods from their diet and adding anti-inflammatory foods into their diet. So maybe a session or two with a registered dietitian to go over this with you. I think that could make a big difference. Um, And sessions with an acupuncturist can really help. And I got to tell you, I don't understand the science behind uh, this type of medicine, but I personally have experienced the results and I've seen friends experience the benefits and results of it. Definitely worth exploring and trying. Uh, In addition, if you have insurance, oh, Canada, she's in Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's right. It's a whole nother ball game over there. This is awesome. I want, okay, I want you to get a session with a registered dietitian. I want you to go to an acupuncturist. And then okay. I want you to go to a physical thing. I love this. I can, I can send her to doctors. You're not in America. <laughs> okay. Uh, then I want you to go to a physical therapist. Mm. And I want okay. you to have them show you uh, rehab exercises for your back. 
uh, and to help you strengthen your core because you got to okay. be doing – it's not just random exercise. You need to also be doing some rehab work so that you can stabilize your core to help you with your back and help you also um, essentially support and strengthen your back in a safe way. Right. Now, with your exercise – I don't want you to start thinking about, geez, how am I going to burn the most calories? I want you to think about how am I going to exercise in a safe but effective way? And that's also what the PT is going to tell you. But from my experience, people with osteoarthritis, swimming is a great option. So if you can go to a gym with a pool and swim or you can do uh, cardio like the rowing machine um, the recumbent bike, the elliptical where there's not impact and pounding, yeah. those are going to be good options for you as well. And restorative yoga. But again, before, since you have access to, to medical care, so, yeah. <laughs> God bless Canada healthcare. Um, I really want you to just consult and discuss these ideas that I'm giving you with a physical therapist just in case. Because, you know, I, I'm not a doctor and I haven't assessed you. Even if even if I looked at your file, I still yeah. would have no business prescribing an exercise regimen. But as a fitness expert, you know, you're, you're fairly safe doing the things that I mentioned. If anything, okay. it will help you feel better. Okay. I'll okay. give that a shot. All right, pal. Hang in there. Stay positive. It's going to be okay. There's a lot you can do to really improve this condition. I will. Thank you. All right, buddy. Cool. Have a great day. Thanks, Debbie. You too. Thanks. Yeah, see, this is not a foregone conclusion. She can fight this. She can She can turn I, this around. Although, you know, you don't want to be insensitive. It's really a painful thing to manage. Yeah. But. I want love to roll me over slowly. Stick a knife inside me and twist it all around. I want love to grab my fingers gently, slam them in a doorway, put my face into the ground. I want love to Okay, we are back, and Jacob is waiting to talk to you. Hey, Jacob, what's going on? Another month, Jillian. How you doing? I'm doing good. Awesome. It's so great to talk to you. I love, I love watching you on TV. Oh, thank you, honey. So, uh, the reason why I'm calling is because... Uh, I'm a combat Iraq Afghanistan veteran, and I've been diagnosed wow. with PTSD. Oh. And my my VA doctors have pretty much prescribed me a cocktail of medications. And with those medications, a, a lot of the side effects come, you know, like weight gain. And, yeah, of you know. course, yeah. So, you know, besides getting in the gym and working really hard, which I know I need to do. Yeah. What can I do to, you know? to try to counteract these, you know, these side effects. Mm, okay. Well, first of all, let me start by thanking you so much for your service. Thank you. Um, I did a, a USO tour last summer, and I just don't, I don't, no one can comprehend what you guys go through over there. And, and like, I didn't even get, they wouldn't even let me go to Afghanistan because it was, quote, too hot. So I went to, like, the UAE. But, I mean, I don't know how, I just don't know how you guys do it. You are just incredible. So, Thank you for that. And I, I have to say, just, you know, I know you're, you are just struggling with it right now, and that's so understandable, and I'm so sorry, but um, you, have, you have our tremendous gratitude. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I, I really appreciate that, and I know my fellow veterans and active duty, you know, people, they, they all appreciate the support that you guys, you guys give to us. Man. So, oh, uh, God. All right. Now, now with that said, I'll, I'll try to answer your question. The, the truth of the matter is that, yes, these... 
a lot of medications do have an effect on your metabolism uh, amongst many things from, you know, sex drive, metabolism, sleep, everything. Everything, there are side effects. Uh, However, you know, if they say you need it and you need it, then you need it. And that's, you just kind of have to accept like, okay, this is what I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Um, As you become, it's also sort of like a vicious cycle, I think. As you can sort of start to take your health back a little bit, you feel a little more empowered. There is a little bit of uh, a little bit of relief, not to insinuate that exercise is going to overcome this because it isn't. It's going to be time and, and all the other things that, that they're putting you through or having you do um, to work on that recovery. But I do think that the more you can get in the gym, it is going to help with regard to biochemistry just on that level. It's going to help you go, okay, I'm releasing, you know, these endorphins and the serotonin and it's going to help with the happy hormones. And in addition, it's going to allow you to feel a little more empowered. Just that that effort of getting to the gym and taking care of yourself, which is probably such a foreign concept because, you know, the military is all about like serving. You know, it's like I serve, I signed the contract, I served, I protect my country. And it's like everything comes first but you. And I think that, okay, great. You know, and you did that time now and it's okay for you to focus on you now and your health. And I I think that um, it as hard as it may be and as strange and foreign as it may sound by by prioritizing your health in that way. It can help slowly dial back the medication because that's the goal ultimately is to get you off of it. Yeah. So it's it's helping you cope right now and it's carrying you through. And, and then as you become better and they slowly dial it back, you'll get not only the benefit of the exercise, but uh, the benefit of getting off of the meds. And another thing that's going to be really important is your diet. Yeah, I need to work on that. (laughs) I mean, you know, like the healthier you eat and the better the quality of food you're eating, it's going to have the exact same effect as the exercise. It's going to enhance your mood. It's going to boost your energy level. It's going to make you feel more in control. But, you know, crappy food. It, that that alone has an effect on our on our biochemistry and can lead to depression. Just crappy food, despite the fact that it's you know, you're now in in a vicious cycle. So it's like you're bombed, yeah. bombed. That's kind of a stupid word. You're you're depressed and struggling with post traumatic stress. Uh, so you don't work out and you don't eat right, and it gets worse. And so it's somewhere in there. You've got to be motivated to just take that step and break that cycle. And you need to think about where you can ask for help to get there, whether it's a friend, a family member, uh, a girlfriend, a spouse. Hey, I I need you to help me get to the gym for a month or maybe even investing in a trainer or joining a running group or getting another vet and saying, look, man, we need to buddy up like like AA has has a sponsor system sort of like that. Yeah, we, we've thought about that. And I, I've thought about getting a trainer, too. I, I think it's a great idea to keep me motivated. So. And just having, honey, someone that you can, a trainer, like, I want you to find a trainer that gets you, by the way. Yeah. Maybe even somebody that was military. Yeah. You know, because a trainer in your kind of situation, if they're a good trainer, becomes a coach, not just a trainer. Yeah. You know, like, my clients 
came to me and, you know, we talked about everything. And not just, you know, before I was on Biggest Loser, my clients, whatever. They, it's like we talked about their relationships. We talked about their job stress while we were training. But it was a place for them to sort of unload. A, a, you know, I was a friend to speak, to talk to. I was I also gave them the knowledge, you know, my expertise to help them get in shape. But at the same time, they needed the motivation to show up. And you want a trainer that's more than just give me 20 and kicks your ass. You need somebody that can be a friend and a motivator to you right now. Well, that really helps out a lot. That, that gives me some, something to look at when I'm looking at trainers in my area. I would really consider it. And somebody who's military is going gonna, is gonna to get it in a way that a person who isn't just doesn't. And, I mean, I, I don't presume to understand it, but I'll tell you that I understand it way more after I've seen it. Yeah. And, you know, having come back from that tour and seeing soldiers that were in the hospital in Qatar who were coming from Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, you just don't understand it until you, just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. You just, you don't want a trainer that's like, suck it up. Like, I just don't want you to run into that. Okay. That's all. So, you know, I just want to make sure like interview, talk to people and it's not a bad idea to like, you know, get some veterans just as buddies so you, it doesn't cost you anything that'll work out with you. Because I would imagine, if anything, they truly do understand. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying totally. Because so. you don't pay for a sponsor when you're in AA. Yeah. It, does that in, there's an inherent support group, and I would, I would hope that that's there for vets as well. You know, I think there would be. I, I think I just need to get out there and look. Yeah, sweetie, reach out. Reach out like the way you reached out to me. I want you to reach out today and reach out because I also think that human connection. I think you need someone who gets it, who truly gets it and who can be a buddy. That's so, so important. And that was such an integral part of my job. It's that was I didn't I didn't love making people do lunges. I don't give a crap. I mean, yeah, I, I make great money making people skinny, and that's great. I'll, I'll sell that all day long, yeah. but I don't love doing that. I couldn't care less. But I did love having that relationship with the people that I worked with and feeling like I could be a sounding board and a coach for them and an objective year and a friend. That was meaningful to me. And, you know, I might not be the right coach for everybody out there, but there is the right coach for them. That person does exist. And I think, I think you need that. That sounds about right. So try, you know what we'll also do? I'm going to have, what area are you in? Uh, I'm in Spokane, Washington. Britt, do you know your resources out there or do you not? Not really. I'm not very familiar with uh, everything that's available to me out here. Britt, see, my assistant's here. I want you to check and see for me, Britt, what you can find on like Veterans Hospitals resources, what we can find to, to refer and then Janice is going to get your email, and we'll email you back, honey. Because sometimes when you're depressed, it's just like it's like hard to do that research. Yeah. So let us look that up, and then um, and we'll try to send you like some resources to start with, okay? That's as long fun. as you promise me that you'll reach out. I, I promise, and I'll, I'll respond, and I'll, I'll send updates. Okay, perfect. That makes me very happy. Cool. I'm you. counting on it. All right, thank you, Jillian, so thank much. You, I love sweetie. you. You're great, and oh. I look forward to sending you updates in the future. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate it. And just hang in there, okay? It's going to be okay. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I promise you it will. I All promise right. it will. It's just going to take some time. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, Julian. It was great talking to you. Thank you, sweetheart. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
Oh, you don't know, Janice. You just can't imagine. No, I, I can't. I, I can't. It's just, I mean, it's, I'll never forget it. I went over there and I was like, I don't know how they do this. I mean, first of all, just the environment that they're in. Um, you know, I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't get to go to Iraq and I didn't get to go to Afghanistan, but just being in um, like the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, like it's, the sky's brown. It's brown with just dust and dirt and sand. It's 130 degrees. They're, they're, and they're wearing full gear. They're up for days on end. They're in the field. And then imagine the things they're seeing. And it's like, it's stuff like, you know, families that are breaking barricades because they don't understand, you know, stop signals and they're having to gun down families because they don't know. And it's, it's just hell. What they're going through is pure hell. I don't know how they do it. Well, what I, I found interesting, what he said was that the VA medical, you know, the, you know, they loaded them up with, and I under, drugs, I under, drugs, <laughs> they loaded them up with drugs because, because they're probably trying to keep him keep from, the PT, yeah, the PTSD yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're trying to manage what's going on right for him right now. And we can't fathom it. You can't fathom it. You just but, can't. But, but isn't that the bigger, isn't that the bigger issue about PTSD? I mean, it, you manage it, you manage it, but it's, it's, unless it's. It's going to always come and bite you in the ass, whether it's this year, next year, or 20 years down the road. It will come and bite you in the ass if it's not. I think it, it's a combination of, like, stabilizing a person. Again, I don't know. I'm talking out of turn here. But my guess is that it's stabilizing them with, with you know, I'm anti-drugs, but there's a time and a place. So I think it's like you stabilize them with medication, do the work with them to get them back on track, and then slowly wean them off of the medication. Right. It just seems like that that part of the equation for him is not there. They're not they're giving him the the, the drugs, but I don't. Well, you know what? Yeah. We don't know. We don't. We know, don't know. Uh, we don't know what his. Because I I will say that I've been to some veteran hospitals, and there are good resources for our vets. I think he's just probably feeling uh, having a hard time. He's isolating. He's isolating. Yes, there you go. That that would be my guess. Cool. All right. The time is. I think we should. Doing I think we should. All right. All right, well. Just for now, though. Fine. Okay. Goodbye for now. Bye for now. They took everything you want, wrapped it in a box, locked it in a key. Made of high-rise stucco walls, polyester guards, moving out of sync. like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleichinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more 
You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. <laughs>